John specifically saying, you know what, if you love God, God is light, you need to be in the light, you need to walk in the light. And uh, he said, we're supposed to bring everything into the light. And because we are in the light, we're new creatures, new creations in God, and we walk in his nature, that nature is light. So if we fall, we have an advocate with the Father, and we are to confess or agree with God when something is sin. Okay, that 1 John 1, 9 is not just a salvation message, it's a maintenance message as well. Because what he wants us to do is bring everything in our life into the light. So if you've failed, if you've sinned against God, don't hide it, don't run away from him, bring it to the light. Where in the light you break its power and you break the work of guilt and shame of the enemy, and by bringing it to the light, God works in us to cleanse us with all righteousness and justice, right? And so if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's an activity of cleansing. Cleansing us from all unrighteousness, uh, right? And so he'll do that. And, and so we have to keep everything in the light. And if we say that we're in the light, we need to walk in the light. So I hope that you remember that. Then last week we looked that there was another theme riding underneath that and alongside of it, and that's this. That there's an old commandment that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. Love your neighbor as yourself. But it became a new commandment when Jesus said, do this as I have done it. In other words, now that he has died and resurrected, he has cleansed us so that his spirit can dwell in us. And now we can love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and body and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves because Jesus has put his spirit in us to enable us to do that. In the Old Testament, they tried their best, but they failed at it. But in the New Testament, with the unction and power, the dunamis power of God's own spirit, we can do this. And he says, and, and John's real, uh, real stark, real cut and dry, he says, look, if you say you love God and ha- have issues with your neighbor, hate your neighbor, you're a liar. So he said, if, if you're going to say you love God, you have to love your brother because who did Jesus die for? Everybody, yeah. And he, he died for my brother. So how can we say thank you, Jesus? That's why we take communion to remind us that we've been completely forgiven by God. How dare we take that meal without forgiving those who have offended us? So if we've been given this grace, we have to share this grace. And so that's the second layer. Now the third layer that's in this book is the issue of the spirit of antichrists. The spirit of antichrists. That's the issue. And so we're going to study that tonight and understand what John wants us to know about antichrists. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, if you will. It's right before the book of Revelation and before 2nd and 3rd John. 1 John chapter 2. He says this in 1 John 2.26, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. So John is writing these things to his dear children in the faith, and he's saying that there are people trying to deceive you. So you need to walk in the light and keep everything in the light so you won't be deceived by any darkness. You need to love each other to cultivate a, a, a communion and a fellowship where the enemy can't penetrate. Does this make sense to you? Because there's an enemy prowling. How many of you are scared of the dark? 
Okay, thanks, Tina. I guess you and I are the only ones. Okay, come on now. Thank you. What's the problem with the dart? You don't know what's there, right? So what happens when you turn the light on? Ah, okay, I know what's in the room. I can see, right? And so if we're going to keep everything in the light, the enemy doesn't like the light. He can't get things done in the light. Robbers and thieves operate in the dark. And so if you've got searchlights and you've got good lights on, then the, it, it keeps the enemy away. And so he says, there's someone trying to deceive you. There's a people that are coming against you. Keep the lights on. Walk in the light. If you walk in darkness or walk with people who walk in darkness, guess what? You're a target. It's very easy for the enemy to trip you up. So walk in the light. And secondly, walk in love. Light and love defeats the enemy. Anybody with me on this, right? So walk in love. So let's take a look at this enemy that's coming against us. In 1 John chapter 2, he says this in verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Many Antichrists have come. Let's understand what that is. I'm sorry. There we go. Okay. What is an Antichrist? Now, we know what anti means, right? If something's anti, it is against. All right? So if it's against, it's against whom? Christ. Now, Christ is the Greek word for Christos, which is the word for the Hebrew word Mashiach, okay? Which means Messiah, anointed one. All right? A lot of people don't realize that Christ means Messiah. There's even Jews who call Jesus Christ. And they don't realize they're saying Jesus the Messiah, but yet they would reject him as Messiah. Because so many people think Christ is his last name. Right? And for some reason, this comes to my mind, H is his middle letter. I've heard people say that. Jesus H Christ. I don't know what that is. Has anybody else heard that? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so some people think that's his last name. But listen, here's the thing. Christ means Messiah. So when we say Jesus Christ, we're saying Jesus Messiah. To say it in Hebrew is Yeshua HaMashiach or Yeshua Messiah. All right, that's his name in Hebrew. So Jesus the Messiah. So anti-Messiahs is an anti-Christ anti-messiahs and if you'll notice in this portion of scripture it's plural there are many antichrists there were many who are against jesus as messiah okay it's that simple now we all think of antichrist as one figure that's going to come at the end of time and ultimately that is true because this spirit of anti-messiah is working its way through the world to work against Messiah to where it becomes an imitation in place of the Messiah. An anti-Messiah wants to take the place of the true Messiah. And so there is a working of the devil, Satan himself, who is working towards bringing an anti-Messiah, one who is opposite of Jesus Christ and will do the opposite and come as a world leader as Jesus is, and do the work of an anti-Messiah. He's going to imitate him. 
He's going to draw people and have miraculous signs and wonders, amazing teaching, amazing wonders. He'll even rise from the dead, the book of Revelation says. And so he's doing the anti-Messiah routine. Okay? But what John says, interestingly enough, is that this started at the ascension of Jesus Christ. It started at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's when the spirit of anti-Messiah came. Let me read it to you again. By this we know, I'm sorry, here we are, verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, that anti-Christ, anti-Messiah is coming, so now many anti-Messiahs have come. First of all, he says it's the last hour. For 2,000 years, that's a long hour. But a thousand years to the Lord is like a day, right? So, why is God lingering, Peter says, so that more would be saved? But the last hour, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, brothers and sisters, these are the last days. This is that which Joel prophesied, that in the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So, the last days began on the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed. Until Jesus returned, that entire period is the last days. So John is saying, we're in the last days, and in those last days, anti-Messiah has come. They're waging war. The spirit of the enemy is waging war against Jesus and his kingdom. And he's trying to persuade the world not to believe in Jesus, doing everything he can to make sure people do not believe in Jesus. Verse 19. Now, let me, let me take you into that place in a minute. So, he says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 2, you've heard of this Antichrist coming and now is in the world already. So John tells us, spirit of Antichrist, spirit of Anti-Messiahs is in the world while John's living. He's been doing his work ever since and will until Jesus returns until the devil can prop up the anti-messiah as a world ruler all right so right now there are 52 countries that have banned the bible as illegal 38 are restricted areas no christians no bibles 14 are hostile areas uh, where the bible is not allowed and so the world of Antichrist, Anti-Messiah is trying its best to work within human government to silence the message of the gospel. We are to declare it, and there is a spirit opposing us that wants to silence us. Okay? So we're in a war. And there is a world that's dead and deaf and blind to spiritual things. And so they're caught in the middle of a spiritual war. Our warfare is not with people. It's with spiritual powers and principalities in high places, okay? We need to be engaged in this war. All right. So now, let's understand something. How do we test to see these spirits? 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Do you see what's happening? Jesus commissioned the disciples, the apostles, and he said, go now into all the world, right? Make disciples of all nations. And what did the anti-Messiah do? Sent 
demonic spirits out into all the world to defeat the work of the church. Let's remember one thing, that God has called the church to do the witnessing in this earth, to bring the message. So the work of Antichrist is against whom? The church, the people of God. All right, he can't beat the he can't beat God, can't beat the the Lord God Almighty. But what he can do is try to come against us and pervert what we're teaching to the world. That's why everywhere Paul went, he said it became a thorn in his side, a thorn of his flesh. Wherever Paul went, there were these people who came right back behind him in all the churches he preached at to preach a false gospel. So wherever there's Christ, guess who's who's hanging around on the outside? antichrists does that make sense to you all right wherever there is a move of god and a revival of god guess where the enemy's going to be right there right there paul said that an open door a great open door has opened to me but pray for us because the enemy is waiting there so the enemy in the spirit realm is looking for where the church is on fire and and propagating the gospel because they want to be anti that they want to shut it down So if we're being blessed and the word's being preached and people are being healed and God's spirit is stirring amongst us, guess who you you can trust is hanging around? Right? Antichrist. Wherever Christ is moving, Antichrist wants to move. It's like the bunny rabbit in our backyard. We just planted all these beautiful plants. They're starting to bud. They're starting to blossom. And guess who's there? antichrist rabbit (laughs) he's chewing all the little stems and all the little stalks he's trying to destroy the beautiful creation (laughs) all right if you like rabbits tough (laughs) all right so there's a test we're to test all spirits okay folks so how do we test and paul i'm sorry john tells us how to test these uh antichrist and if you'll turn now to 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. He says this, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have, not conti- they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might be complained that they all are not of us. The first place Antichrist spirit starts typically is in the church. It's a religious spirit. Antichrist is a religious spirit. And so where there is a spirit of God moving, they tend to move in that place. And what John says is, if they were with us, they never would have left us. How many of you see testimonies on YouTube and you see it on on internet and all this? I was a born-again Christian, now I left it. I'm an atheist. I used to be a pastor, now I'm an atheist. I used to be a Christian, now I'm a Muslim. I used to be this, I used to be that. And they came into the church and they would say, well, something wounded them or someone hurt them. Whatever it is, John says they were never of us. They were not born of God's Spirit. And so what happened is they hang around the church. Antichrist, anti-Messiah, starts where the true Messiah is and contrasts to war against it. And so they left. So number one, they didn't stay in the church. So the first work of anti-Messiah, anti-Christ, is to deny the church. 
And, and I think we've got to be careful here because there's a lot of believers that are true believers that are really wounded. You know, you can get wounded in church. How many of you know it's a dangerous place? The reason church is a dangerous place is because we're all here. All right? We hurt each other and we offend each other because we're all in a process of growing and changing and God's shaping us, getting a bunch of junk out of us. And while all this junk's coming out of us, we treat people bad, hurt people, hurt people. Right? And so people get offended in this and that. And I understand that. I've been offended by the church as well. I ran away from the church as well. I've got a testimony just like that. And I had to crawl away. My wife and I had to get out of the church. There was so much abuse and offense. But we couldn't deny it. We had to come back into that fold where Jesus is. All right? So they left. So what I was getting at is we've got to be careful and we've got to help people who, who we know love the Lord, but they start bad-mouthing the church. They start denying its function and its purpose. It's a dangerous place to be because you're hanging out in the camp of, guess who? Antichrist, okay? Now, when I say Antichrist, you're thinking of horns and you're thinking of the, the Antichrist, the end times, and the ah, big evil guy. Antichrist is anything operating, opposing Messiah, okay? And what is the most precious thing to the Messiah? Yeah, because who is his church? His bride. That's his bride. That's his woman. Right? Uh, I, I had a brother that, uh, a brother in the Lord that uh, he, uh, he ministers overseas and he ministers in another country and he sees that other country and the, the, that, that country's on fire for Jesus, man. Those believers are strong and wonderful. And this brother, whenever I get together with him, he always dogs the American church. He always puts down the American church. He always says, we're, you know, it's, so, it's Laodicea, it's so deceived, it's so apathetic, it's so horrible, it doesn't do anything right. And he goes on and on and on. And my spirit was grieved and I said, brother, you really gotta be careful. I said, you know, I know that there are problems with the American church. I agree. But that's the bride of Jesus you're talking about. And, and it hit him kind of hard that he didn't realize his criticism and critique of the American church is still the bride of Jesus Christ. So we can find all sorts of things wrong with the church, yes, but still, it's Jesus' beloved so let's be careful what we say about the church and what we do. And any spirit working against the church, denying the value of the church and who she is, is operating in the camp of Antichrist. And so that's the first test. Are they talking down the church? Are they against the church? And what I mean the church is not, not uh, organized religion. I'm talking about the bride of Jesus, those who belong to Him, whatever denomination. Okay? All right, so that's a clear test to see if they're anti-Christ. Secondly, he says this in verse 22. He goes on and he says, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no, uh, uh, no lies in it. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Messiah? That's the second test. Deny that Jesus is the Messiah. Denies that the church is God, belongs to Jesus. And secondly, here's the second test, they deny Jesus as Messiah. So, they are opposed to the first coming of Jesus that he established 
He was dying for all sin, rose from the dead to bring a church alive. All right? So there are many in the world today that do not accept Jesus as the Messiah. And so they are anti-Messiah. Makes sense, doesn't it? You don't believe in the Messiah, you're anti-Messiah. So anti-Christ. We go on and he says further in that same one, that same verse, verse 22, he says this, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is Messiah? This is Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. There's the third test. Denies the Father and the Son. There are many people who believe in God the Father. How many of you know that? But they don't believe in Jesus as His one and only begotten Son. And so if they don't accept Jesus as the Son of God, they are, according to John, what? Antichrist, spirit of Antichrist. So what they're denying, so far as we have three things as a test to figure out the spirit of Antichrist. Number one, denies the church of value to God. Number two, or Christianity. Number two, denies Jesus is Messiah. Number three, denies Jesus is the Son or the Trinity. The Trinity, all right? And then thirdly, we find the last test in 1 John chapter 4, verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So, the fourth test is denies the deity of Jesus. That Jesus comes from God. Now that's tricky that one specifically is saying jesus has come in the flesh jesus has come from god well if jesus came from god he existed before he was birthed so that is essential if you're going to believe in jesus as the son of god you have to understand him as the eternal son of god that jesus was with god before he came as man all right those are the four tests to test whether someone is antichrist or not. I had an experience in this. I've shared with it before. I'll just share it again. About nine years ago, I was ministering in, in China, mainland China, the northwestern part of China to the underground churches. And as I was ministering there to the underground churches, we had a tremendous time in the Lord. I was ministering to about 26 pastors, house church pastors. We were under lock and key. We were at an orchard. There was electrical, but there was no plumbing, no sewage, no, no water. We had to sleep there and uh, on the floor and get up in the morning. They'd get up at 6 o'clock. They'd worship God for about an hour. We'd get up and we would begin to preach for about eight hours, preach and teach, have lunch, and go back into worship. And it was just, it was supposed to go on for seven days. Uh, eight hours a day I was ministering. And we had great time, great ministry in the Holy Spirit. God was just really pouring out. Uh, about the third day in, we had a great session in the morning. God was bringing a lot of healing, good move of the Holy Spirit. We took a break to have lunch as we were sitting there, eating our rice and having lunch. Um, I, I looked up from my rice bowl, and there in my face was a badge. And I looked, and I thought, what's this? And there was a man next to him with a camera, and I thought, at first I saw the camera, and I thought, oh, you know, I smile. I guess you know, some of the people want to take a picture. And then I realized that there were police everywhere, and so we were arrested. And uh, they separated us from the Chinese believers. They took us out into the police squad cars, the people that we were with, my, the the 
two other leaders that we were with, I could tell were really nervous. They were really upset. And they had to do everything they could to delete uh, their contact numbers on their cell phone, pull out the SIM card, and uh, get rid of everything they had. Um, and I didn't know where we were going to go or where we were going to be taken, but we knew we were under arrest. About 20, uh, 20 police with, with machine guns and, and, and so forth. They confiscated our passports. And the problem was no one knew where we were in China. Because when you're in a foreign country, whatever hotel you're at, you turn in your passport to identify where you're at and where you're from so everybody knows where you're at. We did not do that so we could go in undercover. So that began to play on my mind as we could, they could do anything they wanted and no one would know what happened to us or where we were. So we're being taken away in a squad car. We're, we're considering what's going on. Uh, they separated the Chinese believers and dealt with them. We ended up at a hotel and they put us under house arrest. And so they said, we're going to interrogate you for the next couple of days. I didn't know what that meant. You know, your mind's all over the place. It's a long story, an interesting story. But what happened was when I went into the room, they took us one by one separately. And bottom line is it came down to, to me. They wanted to talk to me because I was the one in charge. And so when they got me in, there were four people there. There was the mayor of the city, the head of the religious bureau for the communist China, uh, the police chief, and an interpreter. And as they're sitting in there and a couple armed policemen, I sat there and I began, I had prayed through the night. It's a long story. God had given me what to say. But as I sat there, I felt and realized for the first time, I am sitting in a room with Antichrist. I say all that to get to that point. And I really understood the spirit of Antichrist. Number one, they are anti-church. They burn churches, destroy churches in China. They don't want people to gather. They don't want the church to find strength or power. Too late, there's such a revival in China that is unbelievable. There's more Christians in China now than when they were allowed to have missionaries. But I, I felt the spirit of Antichrist like never before when I realized they are against the church or anyone organizing for Jesus Christ. Secondly, they do not accept Jesus as the Messiah. They don't even believe in a God. They're communists. They're atheists. And then last of all, they would not believe that Jesus is God who comes in the flesh to dwell among us. And so what really struck me is there is a spirit of Antichrist in the world and I'm in a room with it. And so we had to deal with it. I had to deal with that and pray with that. And I'll get to that in a few minutes. But what's really important is that there is a spirit of Antichrist. Guess what the very first spirit of Antichrist was? Judaism. Judaism. Now, we understand the Old Testament that, that Israel is in covenant with God. And what happens with a lot of American Christians is... We love Israel because we love the Word of God and we love His covenants with His people and so forth. But you've got to realize the Judaism of today is not the Judaism of the Old Testament. Okay? They don't have a temple. They don't have sacrifice. They've had to alter and adjust everything. And, of course, there were many Christian atrocities. There's, the church has really uh, had a horrible relationship with Judaism. It is getting better. And so I understand why they're against it. But do you understand why Judaism is the first spirit of Antichrist? Because they reject Jesus as the what? 
Messiah. They're anti-Jesus as Messiah. So that's the first test. Judaism does not accept Jesus as Messiah. If they did, the perfect outgrowth of Judaism is what? Christianity, or accepting Jesus as Messiah and becoming His bride. All the language of Judaism is our language. But they do not accept Jesus as Messiah. Secondly, what was the next test? They don't trust that there is the Father and the Son. Jehovah, Yahweh, does not have a Son. They cannot fathom the idea. Now, He didn't have celestial sex and have a Son. The idea of Jesus being the Son of God is that He was issued forth. He came forth from the Father as a revelation of the Father. Anything that comes from the Father is Jesus the Son. He's the revelation. He is the radiance of His glory. And so that's what we understand as the Sonship. For our understanding, we call Him Son. And He is always subordinate to the Father because He comes forth to do the will of the Father, but Judaism does not accept Him as that. And no way would they accept that God, the the fourth one, God became flesh. The incomprehensible one would not come in flesh. So Judaism was the very first antichrist against the church. Does that make sense to you? All right. Although every new convert in the first century in the first 10 years was what? Jewish because they were preaching to the Jews. All right. Another world religion that is antichrist is what? Islam. Why is Islam antichrist? Because within the call to prayer and within the mantra of that call to prayer is There is one God. There is no God but Allah, and there is no Son. It's one God but Allah, and there is no Son. It's right in their decree. It's right in their declarations. Who do you think that's aiming at? Jesus. There is no Son of God. Now, we agree that there is one God. But see, they look at Christianity and say, you guys teach three gods, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Judaism looks at Christianity and says, you preach three gods, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We say, no, 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 no. There is one God. He's revealed in three persons. That there's one substance of God. But that's hard for them to grasp. And so Islam says, no, we don't accept Jesus as the Messiah. All right? And now they might play with the words and say he's the Jewish Messiah, but he's not the Messiah of the world and so forth. But they don't accept Him as Messiah, and they don't accept that Jesus was in fact divine. They believe Jesus died a natural death. He didn't rise from the dead. So they don't believe He ascended. Remember, Jesus said, give unto me the glory I had before I came. And they would reject that, that He didn't go back to heaven and He was never a God in the first place. So the world religions are what? Antichrist. Now again, don't go out of here all freaked out that, oh, the Antichrist is here. Every Islam's an Antichrist. We have to get against them. Uh, I don't know who talks like that, but all the Jews, oh, all the Jews are Antichrist. You're an Antichrist. Okay. Understand the meaning of what we're saying. The spirit behind those world religions have moved into anti Messiah, anti Jesus rhetoric. So now, if there's an ecumenical, movement afoot in the world what's the one world religion that can't go along with it 
Christianity because the ecumenical one world movement says there is no son, Jesus isn't Messiah, right? And, and he didn't come in the flesh. And so we come and we separate ourselves saying there's only one name by which men can be saved under heaven and there's only one way of salvation, Jesus Christ. And so anything opposed to that is anti-Christ, anti-Messiah or anti-Jesus. No, we like Jesus. Islam talks about Isa. Isa's a good guy. He was a good prophet and so forth. But you stop short of the identity of who he is. And so you can mingle things. Judaism can say, yes, he was a rabbi, he was a little confused, and he was Jewish, we understand that. But yeah, it's anti-Christ, okay? Now, another one, atheism. Atheists are anti-Christ. This one's rather obvious uh, because they don't believe Jesus is Messiah. They don't even believe that the fa- there's a father and a son. They don't believe that there's a God at all, all right? So you can see with the world religions, put add to that Buddhism, add to that Confucianism, Hinduism, and Jesus isn't accepted in any of those world religions. So it's us against the world. And so we should get guns and bazookas and cannons and no, no. And so Christians who have that attitude, who want to stand and fight and argue and come against the world, has the wrong spirit. Because who did Jesus die for? The world. Everybody. Now this is a tough thing. That's why you can't be in your flesh when you're dealing with the spirit. You have to be in the spirit. Because John says this, and this is the greatest statement that he made. He says, little children, you are from God and you have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, we use that verse about the devil. We always quote 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, as an opposition against Satan. It's actually a verse about the people who are antichrist. The world system that is antichrist and so what he says is greater is he that's in me that's the spirit of jesus than the spirit of the world and the spirit of the world is what antichrist so what's happening now you can see it in the papers you can see it in the news you can see in what's going on in our headlines we're in the thick of this folks But it's all right because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. There's a spirit of antichrist in the world. And we don't need to get guns and we don't need to fight him and we don't need to go this. We need to pray and we need to fight against the spirit of antichrist because these people are lost and they're going to hell and they're blind and dead. But God is a God of resurrection power and light and can release them. And we need to give our lives to preach this good news, the love of Christ for all people. I mean, think about it. Paul, or Saul, was anti-Christ. Wasn't he? Big time. Did he, did he fight against the church? Did he deny the church? Absolutely. Did he not deny Jesus as Messiah? Absolutely. Did he believe the Father had a son? No. So he denied that Jesus came in the flesh, didn't he? Until he bumped into him on the road. 
Paul, one of the greatest theologians of the Bible, was Antichrist. So don't give up on these people. They might have a spirit of Antichrist. They may be rising up in a spirit of Antichrist. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have a spirit of God in you. And you can preach truth and bring revelation and break that spirit of Antichrist. It says that the God of this age has blinded their eyes to the light of the glorious gospel. Who shines that light? We do. We do. And I believe that this is the finest hour for the church. This is our hour, everybody, to shine like Jesus. Because the world doesn't know that spirit. They don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to relate to it. So let's not operate in in the spirit that the world operates in. So if they curse at you and make fun of you, don't make fun of them and don't curse back at them. If they curse at you, you bless them, right? And you speak truth and you speak love. If they smite your cheek, what do you do? Turn the other cheek. They don't know how to deal with the spirit of Jesus. But once they confront you, they're confronted by Jesus. That's what's awesome. That's who you are. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. 1 John 4, verses 4 and 6. Let me read it to you. 1 John 4, verses 4 and 6. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Overcome whom? Antichrist. You've overcome the world system of Antichrist. How many of you have been called out of this world into the light of the gospel? You did it. You made it. You overcame that spirit of Antichrist that everybody was in, under, and you came out of it and you came through it. You're of God now. There's nothing to be afraid of by them. All right? You came out of it. You know that system. Little children, you are from God and overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That's you, that's me. Now when you begin to speak this gospel, those who are listening are being drawn by God. Those who are rejecting you, fine, let them reject you, move on. Someone's going to listen. Someone's going to listen. Now, this is what the spirit of Antichrist is. It is in the world. It is the world's religions, plural, but it is all a spirit of Antichrist. So John says, summing up 1 John, he says this, That if we walk in the light, and we love God and we love others, then we will be able to keep at bay the spirit of Antichrist. If the church fails to walk in righteousness, always stay in the light, if the church begins to become the same temperature as the society it's in, not being hot or cold, of a different temperature, but beginning to become lukewarm or the same spiritual temperature as the world and not walking in the light, if we're not loving God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, if we're not loving one another as the church should, then that leaves room for what to advance. And my concluding illustration is the United States of America. The church has not 
walked in the light. There's been so much deception in pulpits. There's been so much lying and cheating in the pews and in in congregations where sexual sin and adultery and money schemes and all that. We've not walked in the light as the church should be walking in the light. And when we are not walking in the light, the world rejects us and Antichrist rises up against it. And if we don't love God with our whole heart, mind, and soul and body, we've ended up loving money and things more. We've turned our theology into loving things. We say that if God really loved us, He'd give us bigger houses and better cars. If God really loved me, when I put money in the offering plate, He sends me money back a hundredfold. Hallelujah! And our interest has now become the finance of this world. So we've not walked in the light and we haven't loved each other. We've been destroying each other. Churches should be full, but we're not because we're wounding one another countlessly. And so we're not in the walking in the light. We're not walking with love for each other and, and so forth. And when the church misses this triad and begins to wane on the two, guess what rises? Spirit of Antichrist. Because the Spirit can't, where the light is shining, the Spirit can't go. Where the love of God is, is brilliant and glorious, the enemy can't come in. But he's come in like a strong force in the United States and the spirit of Antichrist is coming to a place where Christianity is being the next target of persecution. It's starting with ridicule. But we're going to see where it will go next unless the light of the glorious gospel shines brighter than ever. And this has happened in the history of the United States. God's poured out revival. The first great awakening, the second great awakening, the, the outpouring revivals of Moody after that and so forth, what happens is when that light begins to shine, it impacts the community. People begin to show the love. Benevolent societies were all birthed out of Christianity because of the love of the brother. And what happens then, that spirit of Antichrist can't compete against the spirit of God. Isn't that good? So what do we need, folks? We need to rise up as the church and be the church once again to put the Antichrist spirit to flight. Now, it is accumulating worldwide because there is a worldwide language now and a worldwide government that's coming and so forth. And it will rise. But this thing isn't over till Jesus returns. And we will stand and we will shine the light and we will stand because according to the book of Revelation, there will be the greatest revival on earth. So many people will be saved during the time of the tribulation that they cannot even be numbered. So while, yeah, amen. And that's our job. That's our watch. I happen to think it's probably within the next 50 years or so. And that's our watch, and we've got to get excited about this. So what we've got to do, according to 1 John, is in order to keep that spirit of Antichrist at bay, we have got to shine the light of our witness and bring everything in our life under the light of God, living under that light, and last, we need to love God and love each other like never before. And model that for all the other believers. How many of you want to do that tonight? Amen. 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 So I want to pray for us and take the rest of this time tonight to pray against spirit of Antichrist. Um, I, there is one last story I wanted to share with you. When I began to work with deliverance ministry, and deliverance ministry is the ministry of bringing people out uh, from being demonized. 
All right? There are many Christians who have situations to where they're demonized. They're saved, but there are parts of them that need to be renewed. Your mind needs to be renewed, right? Be transformed from the patterns of this world by the renewing of your mind. If your mind needs to be renewed, there are places in your mind that can have demonization. It's not possession because we're possessed by the Spirit of God. We're owned by God. But it is oppression by the enemy. And where there's oppression, the enemy is working. And uh, so when I first got into that and I began to seek help from uh, others and get advice, and I remember going to Bill Knapp's up on 12 Mile near Mound. I don't know if you remember a Bill Knapp's up there. And I used to go on my, my, I worked at GM and I used to go on my lunch hour and, and I met a man and I, I'll never forget the first time I met him because he was a man that operated in deliverance and worked with satanic ritual abuse people. And I was working with someone in that vein, and I needed help. And so I remember going there, meeting with him, and, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, man, I'm excited to talk about this. And he goes, sit down. Okay. Uh, I said, I'm the guy that contacted you? Yeah, I just have a couple questions for you. Okay. I'm a nice guy. You don't have to treat me like this. And he goes, just answer me this one thing. Uh, Did Jesus come in the flesh as the Messiah? Well, yeah. I thought this was a Bible test, you know. Yeah, Jesus came as the flesh. He existed before he began, and I quoted some scriptures, and he came in the flesh and was birthed by a virgin birth. Came on. All right. Do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that he's Lord? Well, well, yeah. You know, and I didn't understand why. Well, he was testing the Spirit because he had been uh, in, other people had come to him wanting to get information from him but they were from the opposite side. They were satanic, and they were trying to destroy his ministry and his credibility. And so he would test people first with the tests of First John. I passed the test, <laughs> and you passed the test. If you believe those four things we talked about, that you don't deny the church is the bride of Jesus Christ and belongs to him, you do believe that Jesus is the Messiah of God, you do believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and you do believe that Jesus came in the flesh, existed eternally as the Son, and came in the flesh as a man. If you pass that test, you're not antichrist. So look at your neighbor and say, are you antichrist? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now, I'm hoping that through this teaching tonight, you've gotten an understanding that because of all this end time stuff, we look at Antichrist, we look at demons and devils and Antichrists as these, these vicious monsters and things and all that. But in reality, Antichrist is all around us. It's been here for 2,000 years and it's trying to work against the church, but we have victory over it and we have power over it. So let's deal with it, all right? So what I want to do first in our prayer,